Welcome to the first edition of Wildcat Weekly on the Stay Hot Podcast Network. I'm Coach Kelch, the varsity girls coach of the Lady Cats, and along with me is Coach Sam Ellsburn, the varsity basketball coach of the Pendleton County Wildcats. And Coach, uh, I'm kind of excited that you, you know, mentioned this as a possible opportunity because I think, you know, we're both in the business for the right reason, and that be the kids. And anytime you get a chance to uh, highlight or showcase your school and your students, you take advantage of that. So um, I appreciate you thinking of this opportunity and dedicating the time to come on and, you know, talking about the Wildcats. Well, I mean, you've had this for a while now with what you did with the 10th region last year. And, you know, you had different coaches on with you and, I think a lot of this kind of started during COVID when, uh, if we're just being honest, this is probably when you and I became friends, you know, more than just, hey, how you doing at a basketball game? You know, we would be out uh, just kind of not doing anything, you know. And it, so we started having coaches, you know, on Zoom meetings, just sitting around talking hoops. And, uh, you know, when, when they hired you over there at school, I was like, well, maybe this is something we could do. And, I figured you had the equipment and know how to do the things with technology that if I'm just being completely honest, I don't. And um, so I, I thought it'd be a pretty good idea. And so here we are. Let's, let's see how this goes. Well, and I'll be honest with you, you mentioned our uh, Zoom meetings and us, you know, kind of getting together and talking hoops. I didn't know at that time how important the Zoom meetings with you and, you know, Coach Code and Coach Stam were kind of helped us or kind of helped me at least get through the whole COVID thing and gave me something to look forward to where we got to where we were doing it, you know, multiple times a week. And, you know, at the time I looked at it as fun and, you know, we talked basketball with coaches that knew what we were going through. And, but just, you know, looking back on it now, how much it helped us or helped me, I should say, I can't speak for you, you know, get through that COVID, you know, pandemic and that quarantine period to, um, but I agree. It was it was a fun time and really probably allowed us to get closer. And at that time, I think I told you I'd never, ever coach again. I think I was adamant. I will never, ever coach again. I enjoy my time off. But um, I'm at Pendleton County. I couldn't be happier. You've been a great resource since we've started. And, you know, I know we've talked about this, and I look for this to be something that the community at Pendleton County, as well as the staff and students, will listen to and enjoy. And, um you know, your email this week kind of explaining to Pendleton County what we do. I think we got some good people that are willing to uh, come on and talk about their programs at Pendleton County. And I'm really excited about that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to have uh, to have some of the people from the school on and not just, you know, regarding our sports teams, but this other clubs and stuff at the school. And, you know, and when you were sitting there like, I'm, I'm done coaching. I'll never do this again. I just – I couldn't help but chuckle. I mean, I mean, it. I could be wrong. Maybe there'll come a day where I'm like, "Hey, I'm going to give this up for a while. I'll do whatever, or give it up for good." But you know, people always laugh at me because I, I wouldn't know what to do in the winter. You know, and I wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. Period. I just, I just kind of figured, you know, you know, play for as long as you can, and then coach for as long as you can, and then eventually, you know, you just kind of pass away. <laughs> you know, and, just, you know, I'm just you when I say that. Well, and it's funny because I think you even said a couple of times, if I remember correctly, you know, I was like, nope, I'm done. Not doing it anymore. I've had my time. You're like, nope, you're a lifer. You'll be back on the sidelines. And I remember arguing with you. I think I even said I'd guarantee you or bet you money I'd never coach again. And I'm glad that uh, 
we didn't do that because I would have lost. But um, no, we did. Right you owe me we did. We did. You owe me a hundred bucks. You <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Well, put down a couple extra site manager jobs that you did and um, get paid that way. Um, but no, let's first start let's out with some with of this. our sports that have finished. Um, you know, since we didn't start this during their season, I'd you know be remiss if we left them out. But our, our boys and girls soccer teams both had good seasons for different reasons. Um, I wasn't aware until I did a little research that our soccer team improved their record last year from an 0-15 to 5-9-2, and and that's a five-win change there. That's something to celebrate, something that maybe you can build your success on for the next few seasons. And uh, Coach Amber Nichols, I got the opportunity to watch the boys' soccer team play several times, and they were always competitive. Every game I watched was very close or competitive, and, you know, I guess I've learned to enjoy soccer a little bit more than I thought I would, but – you know, s- soccer is one of those sports that, you know, growing up in Augusta, we just didn't have. And I still don't know the rules. I'm still learning the rules. But, you know, when I first did a soccer game this year, I had so many people say, well, this team didn't win a game last year or whatever. This team didn't win a game. And I'm like, that's hard to believe. Is But, you know, they're still young. They do lose four seniors. and But they have a lot of youth coming back, Coach. And um, I'm excited to watch them next year just for the simple fact of just the growth they've made from year one to year two. And yeah, they, I mean, they had, they had a lot of uh, a lot of young kids on the field. And, you know, be honest with you, four or five freshmen that are now playing for me. Um, I think they're going in the right direction. I really do. I mean, I, I mean, it's just like anything else. It's a process. And I, I know uh, Chase Nichols had a good year. You know, he's – Actually, I looked Chase up. Chase had 16 goals in 16 games. You know, that's one goal per game, and, you know, that's pretty solid. And, you know, I think Chase is, you know, he's coming back for more next year and um, looked only for him to improve. And But, you know, the one of the bright spots, and, you know, we don't want to spend so much time on every team, but um, the games I attended, Dalton Hughes was phenomenal in the net. I, I saw him make some saves that were just – you know, kind of mind-blowing for me that a high school athlete was able to make. And, I mean, he averaged 16.6 saves a game. I'm not familiar with soccer, what's good and what's bad on any saves for a game. But I'm thinking if you average 17 saves a game, that's pretty good. I mean, I, like I said, I don't – I'm not going to sit here and act like I know a lot about the game either. I mean, obviously I want our kids to do well. But I, it seems to me like if you're the goalie and the ball's kicked at you, you know, if it doesn't go into net, you've probably done a good job. Right. So, I mean, it seems to me like you know, if you're averaging 16, 17 saves a game, well, then you're, you're probably doing what you're supposed to do. I agree. And on the girls' soccer team, Coach Aaron Harper, uh, they went 8-12 and 12 this year, but they did finish district runner-up, had a heartbreaking loss in the district finals, I think 2-1, to one, um, lost in the regional tournament. But um, they lose goalie Alyssa Back- uh, Blackaby. And, you know, I'm curious to see how that affects next year. I know that Coach Harper probably has somebody – geared and ready for that position. But Alyssa had a great season in goalie. I think she was also um, either district or all district or all region team, I think I remember saying. But um, they had two girls that scored double-digit goals and Kaylin Harper and Ava record and 13 goals and 11 goals. And, um, you know, I feel like they have quite a bit, you know, losing only two seniors, I feel like they have quite a bit returning too. So I look for their, you know, as you said, with the boys going in the right direction, it appears that they're doing that as yeah. well. Uh, th- I think this was Coach Harper's second year with the girls because last year I did a lot of what you did and I worked a lot of the soccer games at, down there down at the um, football and soccer field at Sharp. And um, 
And um, I was really impressed with Coach Harper the first year. Just the, this, in fact, the numbers he got out and the, uh, the just how he was with the kids. And I thought he, I just, he, he just kind of, you know, I don't, I don't really know. Like I said, I don't know soccer like that, but I, I, I feel like I kind of know what coaching is. I feel like he did a good job of just making them better, making them competitive. I, th I could be wrong. I think this was his second year. It, it may be his third. I'm not 100% sure. But um, like I said, I talk about going in the right direction. They've gotten better each year he's been in charge. Well, and I just remember that Harper name, if I'm not mistaken. He's – I mean, it's, I'm assuming Kalen's probably his daughter, but didn't he also have some sons that played really good soccer as well? I remember he, that name. He did. His his son was on the team when he when he coached the boys, I believe. I, I think they made the 10th region fight. And, you know, and – I think when I first heard his name as coach, I think the first thing that popped into my mind was, you know, that being a, a soccer name in Pendleton County. Um, let's move on to cross country coach. I think – I don't know if both of these guys play basketball for you or not, but I know one of them does. I'm not for sure if Claybor does, but we got Claybor Wolf and Evan Stewart in cross country. They're both advancing to state. So that's a big deal. Anytime you get to perform and represent your team at the state level, it's something that needs to be celebrated and recognized. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think I think Claber, I think Claber told me that he finished like tenth or twelfth in their regional thing, and Evan was in like a top fifteen or top twenty as well. Claber is a freshman. He'll be on our freshman team this year once once his uh, cross country season ends this weekend, and Evan will be a junior. Yeah, he plays for me as well. I mean, I mean, I, I the thing I like Evans athletic, um, you know, and he he's he honest to God, he he kind of looks like a track and cross country kid, in that you know, you know he he's got high endurance and stuff like that. He runs well, and um, I, I can say this much: anytime we're ever running like suicides or anything, <laughs> whatever you want to call it in practice, you know, it, it doesn't really bother Evan a whole lot. Um, but you know, and. We've talked about this in person. We've probably talked about it on some late-night Zooms. But anytime in your program you have two kids who are experiencing success and comes back to your program, you know, we hope that success can be contagious. And, you know, and I'm sure Evan and Claber will kind of bring that back to your basketball program. So hats off to those guys for advancing to state. That's a – cross country is also one of those sports I probably wouldn't have played due to the high endurance that's required. I probably would have been the water boy. But – uh um. Let's move on to volleyball. Volleyball, um, I sat with you at the regional tournament last week. Um, our volleyball season ended at the hands of Bishop Brossert, who um, I know ended up reaching the finals against Scott. I don't know who won that regional finals or when it is. Uh, Brossert won tonight. Brossert won tonight. So, we lost to the eventual region champs. So, um, but, you know, something that needs to be celebrated, 22-8 and eight season for Coach Danielle French. Um, I've – Seen where that was a school record for a number of wins in a season with 22. They were the 38 district runner up. And I know when we were there that night, Kylie Richardson was named the 10th region alternative team. And, you know, a couple of those, the first set, really competitive. You know, we jumped out to an early lead. And I think at times we showed that, you know, we could play with Brosser, but it's just the level of consistency in which Brosser attacked with and, you know, just their aggressiveness, it posed to be a problem for us, you know, later on. But a volleyball team has nothing to hang their heads about. They had a fantastic season. Yeah, I mean, I think they were one of the top five or six teams in the region. Um, 
you know, unfortunately, you know, tough draw right out of the gate. Um, but I mean, I mean, I think when you look at their season, it'd be hard not to call it a success for them. Right. And, you know, we know what kind of gauntlet that 37 district is when it comes to volleyball. And, um, you know, as good a season we had, it was just a shame that that's the draw we got. But, you know, you know as well as I do in basketball when you draw that, you know, if you end your season in the regional tournament, then, you know, more than likely you're probably um, pretty pleased with your season. You know, overall, none of us are ever happy with losses or none of us are ever uh, satisfied with the loss or content. But, you know, I used to always say in basketball, if you finish your season in the regional tournament, then, you know, that's something that you can build on for next year. So, you know, hats off to our volleyball team. Which, uh, Coach, I'm going to get you to talk about, you know, something I know that means a lot to you and something that you've uh, kind of put together yourself. Not yourself, but you kind of brought it to Pendleton County, or I think you did. But um, the Philip Wood Classic that the boys basketball puts on around Christmas time. Before we do that, I want to mention one other thing. Yes, sir. Um, we had a boys golfer, um, Riley Spence. He made the uh, state golf tournament. Coach Monroe's our JV coach. He's also the, the uh, boys golf coach. Riley's worked really hard over the past four years uh, on the golf course. He's down there all the time. He's down at Pendleton Hills all the time. He, uh, him and his dad, and and then they played in our golf outing. I think they finished third in it last year. So, um, you know, I was very happy to, you know, I sent him a text when they, uh, when he qualified for the state, I was very happy for him. I, I didn't want to leave him out. I'm sorry. No, absolutely. I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you know, and after you mentioned it, I remember reading about it and, um, you know, it, and it kind of goes back to what we said about cross country representing your school at the state level. Is there anything better at that point in time? It probably doesn't even matter what you shoot or what kind of day you had. The memory of you competing for Pendleton County at the state level is probably something that you're never going to forget. So um, thank you for bringing that up because I'd missed that. So I remember after you said it, but I didn't have it written down. So I do appreciate that. But um, tell us about the Philip Wood Classic, how all that got started. Um, you know, I'm familiar with who Philip Wood is, but some of our listeners may not be. So kind of tell us who Philip Wood is, why you're having a Philip Wood Classic, and kind of how you how it got started. Uh well, Coach Belcher started it here. Oh, okay. Before I got, before I got here, um, I just tried, kind of tried to keep it going. Uh, coach Wood was the – he's the winningest coach in school history. He uh, was the coach here, I believe, from 65 to 1981 and then from 1989 to 1991. Um, he's 85 years old. Uh, we just celebrated his birthday about three, four weeks ago. Uh, still seen down at Tim's Kitchen um, occasionally on Saturday morning. A um, couple times a year, we'll exchange a phone call. Um, he's, you know, he's he's the guy that basically started the program here. I think he became the head coach his second year or third year here, the second or third year of school, I should say. Um, one, like I said, won two regional championships, 13, uh, 13 or Eleven or thirteen district. Don't quote me on that. It's here. Eleven or thirteen district championships. Um, you know, and I don't mean this as any disrespect to anybody else, but he, you know, far and away the most successful coach in school history. Um, and it was just—it's just something that you know, honestly, Coach Belcher started 
and I've just I just I've just tried to keep it going, you know, on my watch, um, trying to get different teams from around the state. And uh, I would like, you know, in the future, I think I'd like to go with one local team, maybe one other team from the 10th region or another team close by. Um, and then, you know, two out of town teams. And it's, 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 it's pretty simple. It's, you know, it's a uh, four teams, two nights, you know, you play two games and um, we just try and involve the community as much as possible. And if we can, and, um, and yeah, it's, it's just if that's what I can do and what our program can do to pay tribute to, you know, to the man who got it going here, then then I feel like we should do that. And um, I look forward to it. I'm not, you know, no, no, no need to deny that. I, I really, truly do. Um, I try and involve as much of our boosters and our parents, you know, from hospitality rooms and, you know, just you know, making it a fun event for our community and, you know, try it around Christmas time uh, where hopefully more people have time off work and hopefully it brings out, you know, a crowd both young and older that, uh, that you know, appreciates our history and was also around for it. And um, last year, you know, coach was, coach was able to make it up there for one of the games one night and, you know, we gave him a plaque and big standing ovation. And uh, I know he appreciated that. He told me he did. And like I said, you know, he's, he's just, he's just, you know, we, we talk and he, you know, he's, he's always got kind words of encouragement. And one of the things he always says, coach, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. You're, you know, I, I got you. I, I support you. I got your back, you know, and I, and I really truly appreciate that and believe it when he says it. And when you have someone like that in your corner, I, I just think it goes a long way. And if, if that's, if that's what we're going to do for him, the way I see it, that's the least I can do because in a lot of ways, he's one of the people who made our fan base and our community love basketball as much as they do. And I think it's a tradition that's carried on. Well, and I just want to say kudos to you because, you know, for embracing the history and, you know, kind of giving back to the ones who kind of got everything started. And, you know, and I think truly deep down, that's what high school sports is about. Yeah, we talk about the wins. Yeah, we talk about the losses and stuff like that. But when you can talk about Philip Wood and all he done for, you know, Pendleton County's, you know, not, not only basketball, but probably the community, the school, and then you can put together a classic like this in his honor to kind of show him that it was appreciated. To me, your season's already a success regardless. I mean, because those kind of people need to be recognized and need to be um, – involved so to speak and i you know i don't want to speak for mr wood but you know although i know he told you he appreciated i can probably second that because that's you know that's just i don't know i mean i don't really know what to say and i don't want to sound kind of like a big sissy here but you know you just talking about philip wood and what he meant it kind of gave me chili bumps um it just i mean i think i think i mean obviously coach you know coach was in his 80s I think he's at that point in life where he can really sit back and appreciate, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things that that uh, that he did and that and that people did for him and you know and you know it's it's you know even some of his players are you know in their fifties and sixties and seventies you know, almost in their seventies and it's just it's really neat to kind of tie it all back together for a couple nights. Um, I really, 
I I really like it. I mean, right. Like I, I said, it's a, it, it's simply you know, it's because I I got to know him. You know, we got to know each other, and you know, and he's like I said, I I just find him to be a a very very good man. Yeah, it, that's that's that that that's just the way I feel about him, and you know, I'm always going to appreciate conversations we have. Um, well, that's a perfect way to segue into, you know, on the Lady Cat side, um, we lost a, uh, a very important, a very important person in Lady Cat basketball history, um, in the past couple of weeks and coach Scott Collins. And, um, I never had the opportunity to work with coach Collins, but I had the opportunity to compete against him, you know, several times. And the, one of the few things that I admire about him was not only, you know, how competitive he was, we could compete between the lines for 32 minutes and afterwards we could talk like we were best friends and um, share ideas with each other. But he was a huge advocate for girl sports. And um, this day and age, very few people, um, you know, he's one of the few people I know that if you have a, a girl's game on and a boy's game on, he's probably going to watch the girl's game. Um, very few people can say that because of, you know, just the boys game is at a much faster pace. And um, Coach Collins is one of those um, people who just really supported girl sports and not just basketball. But, you know, I saw him a week or so before he passed at a girl soccer game and we talked and um, I'm glad I got that moment with him now. At that time, I didn't realize how important that moment would be for me. And but I'm glad I got it. But um, he's the second all time winningest coach in Lady Cats history and he also won two district titles here he was the last coach to win a district in 2013 so um still thoughts and continued prayers for coach collins and his family but uh you know you talked about how much philip wood meant to the boys basketball program you know i wanted to do the same for coach collins and we actually um i've had a couple um businesses and even the falmouth outlook has reached out to me about potentially starting a a Scott Collins classic of some kind, but obviously this year our schedule's completed and um, that's something we're going to look forward to for next year. And I think coach Collins touched enough teams in the 10th region. We wouldn't have any problem finding teams. And um, the one thing I thought would be cool would reach out to Greenup County to where he started and uh, maybe see if Greenup County would come up and play. And, uh, but I wanted to mention coach Collins because just the amount of, um, you know, support or what he meant to the lady cat basketball program and, I hope at some point in time to mean as much as what he did. And, you know, he's just, he was just a good guy, a good person, enjoyed being around him. So um, any, any of your memories, did you work with coach Collins at Pendleton or was he? He, it, he was working for the outlook by the time I got here as a coach. Um, he, you know, we would, he would email me, you know, about rosters and pictures and, you know, stuff setting up for the, uh, you know, for the, for the sports page of the paper. Um, every time I talked with him, he, he he was always really, really positive with me. And, um, and I, I always appreciated that. I, I thought he, I mean, obviously I think his heart was, you know, with the program that he used to, to work for. And, and that's not meant in a bad way. No, absolutely. Um, but I, I think, I think one thing Scott did was, you know, he was, yeah, I, I think – I mean, I was talking with Sam McClanahan from the Falmouth Outlook, the, the guy that covers our team and a few other teams for the uh, for the paper here in town. I think Scott might have coached softball or 
Penis, like you know, he was always the one that was willing to to do whatever to just to help the kids, uh, you know, have success. Um, you know, uh, obviously he passed away unexpectedly. You know, that was tragic. Um, I was able to 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 go by his uh, memorial service. I was one of the, I was actually one of the first ones there. It wasn't very packed. And I was, you I must was, uh, you must have uh, beat me there by a few minutes because I got there shortly after ten, and I I was able to exchange some stories with some of his former players, and so it, I mean it was it was just like I said I just remember talking with uh, with Keith Smith and Abram Crozier, who's the uh, the you know the the preacher down at Trinity, and um and uh, you know just I I, I think the consensus was 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 the same it was it was terrible what had happened how it had happened you know just getting sick and passing away so soon um that he would really be missed and just how much he truly meant to our community and our school district and um what i kind of thought was neat and this kind of sticks with you know lady cat basketball um we kind of got together and we ordered new shooting shirts this year and one of the things they wanted to do and if anybody knew scott collins they knew what kind of love he had for his visors. So on our shooting shirts this year, we've got a little visor on our sleeve to kind of um, we're going to pay tribute to Coach Collins. And I think the first game of the year, I think the coaching staff's going to wear visors or something during warmups. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to have to cover up all this beauty, but I, I'll do it for Scott Collins. Um, we'll still be able to see most of your forehead and most of the top <laughs> of your head if you, if you, even with the visor on. But good uh, thing, uh, good that, thing I that think people honestly. Honestly, Coach, I think that would be a great tribute, and I don't think there could be at least, you know, something so simple from our coaching staff, you know, my girls' basketball coaching staff. Right. I don't think there could be anything, you know, more fitting. That's one thing I know that, you know, when he looks down, he'll definitely be smiling and laughing because the one thing me and him talked about in the past was always having a visor game. But at my administration of Bragg County, wouldn't let me wear a visor while I coach. So um, he ended up having a visor game with Thomas Mitchell at Robertson County when they were still dimming. But um, uh, one last thing about, you know, Lady Cat basketball, I just want to give a shout out to senior scholar Ashcraft. She went on a, a visit to Hiram College in Ohio. Hiram's a D3 school. Um, and while she was on her visit, she received an official offer to play basketball there. Um, that is her first offer. She was excited about that. Um, couldn't wait to tell me how it all happened. And, you know, she the one thing she said was this was kind of a um, a perfect way to start her senior year, and hopefully there's more to come. But, you know, shout out to Skylar for her hard work and earning that scholarship. Um, I talked to um, Coach Pettit today about our football team, and um, – he just wanted to give a shout-out to the seniors. Um, he listed Chance Pollard, Nate Tishner, Ethan Burst, Ross Barlow, Dakota Dunn, Hunter Hedeberg, and Vinny Nassero. Just kind of about, you know, all their hard work and, you know, what they've done to kind of help the football team. And, you know, Coach Pettit um, said that obviously, you know, the season hasn't went, you know, as they hoped it to. But everything's kind of a building block to the future. and. Um, he still seems pretty positive about the football program at Pendleton County. And, you know, you know Coach Pettit better than I do, but the short time that I've known him, I can tell he's a genuine first-class stand-up guy. You can tell he's passionate about Pendleton County. He's passionate about the football program. So, um, you know him, and I'll let you talk about him because you know him a lot better than me. But um, the one thing I feel like, and I feel like our football program's in good hands with Coach Pettit. Um, 
Yeah, they are. It is. It, it, it really truly is. Um, I think he is building something that will be special in time. I, I mean, I encourage kids to play football. I, I really truly do. Um, I, I think the coach, obviously they, you know, they've had a, a bit of a tough year, but the one thing is he stayed positive and they've kept, they've kept working hard and playing hard each week. Um, they don't, like you said, they, you mentioned six or seven seniors. Uh, his roster numbers are up, and I think they will continue to do so. And he, I think he's also committed to building this thing from the ground up, which is a sign of good things to come. Um, I've pretty much worked with Co- Coach Pettit here from day one. Um, I learned a lot about the type of person he was in my first year here. I just wanted our kids during the season – you know, just to be able to lift a day a week. And he volunteered to, to do that. And, um, you know, he, and it helped. And after that, we, you know, we hired Mason Monroe, who's, you know, got a background in that stuff as well with basketball. But, you know, during the COVID year, I was down to one assistant because of quarantines and everything else. And uh, Coach Pettit volunteered to sit on my bench. I asked him to do it. And, you know, he was at practice for three weeks and was, and was, you know, on our, on our staff. And it was, that was pretty neat. And, um, like and, you said, that says a lot about his character. Yes. And I just, I've, he, he's one of the, he's one of the best guys that I've, that I've been around. Um, you know, and he teaches, you know, right around the corner from me. And, um, like I said, I, I, I'll, I'll, I truly appreciate the guy. I think he's in it for the right reasons. And, you know, we're both relatively, I don't want to say new, but you could still say young in the teaching. We both, you know, got six, seven years experience in it. And I, I truly hope and desire that we're, that we are doing this together for a long, long time. Right. And, um, you know, Kyle, you know, being from Pendleton County itself, correct? Yeah. yeah I, I'm honest to God, uh, coach. He may very well be the best player in program history as well. He he played at Georgetown College. I think he won one or two national championships. You know, was you know one of the best offensive linemen in in the country in NIA football when he played. I mean, he's, I mean, he, yeah, he's 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 born and bred, and you know, he's in it for the long haul. Right, and that's what I was gonna say. Um, you know, I know with the tough season they've had, it's hard to be positive at the times, but. You know, I think we can be positive knowing that we got somebody who's, you know, born and raised in Pendleton County leading this program that we know will do the right thing and and get this, um, you know, football train on the right track. And, you know, I've got all the faith in the world and Coach Pettit, and it has nothing to do with his football wins or losses. I just know he's probably out there, you know, helping these young men, young boys become men and I think you're right when you say he's in it for the right reasons. And just the short few conversations I've had with him, he's made a positive impression on me. So I think we're lucky to have him at Pendleton County. Um, All right. We've got um, November right around the corner, Coach. Uh, I honestly can't believe that October's went this fast. I remember thinking several weeks ago that basketball season was still a a good bit ways away. And now here I have a scrimmage in two weeks and – it's just, you know, right around the corner. And, 
you know, shortly after our scrimmage, we have Red and Black Madness. And um, Red and Black Madness is, you know, I'll let you talk about it. I've not experienced the Red and Black Madness at Pendleton County. But the one thing I can tell you that I have experienced is the atmosphere in that gym as an opposing coach. Um, it's daunting. It's overwhelming. It can be a little intimidating. Um, Pendleton County has got one of the best student sections and fan support. So um, I'm excited about Red and Black Madness. So, you know, talk talk about it and, you know, what it is and uh, what, you know, the average person can see if they choose to attend Red and Black Madness on November 18th. Red and Black Madness is a celebration of all winter sports in, in a way, but we bring in the uh, archery, bowling, cheerleading does a uh, does their routine. Um, the band's there. Uh, uh, ROTC might do a performance. Um, you know, it's just kind of everything that encompasses you know our winter sports, and in a lot of ways, it's a celebration for Pelican County that basketball is here. Um, you know, we, we'll do. Do a lot of stuff, you know. Maybe do a little, you know, a little skills competition between boys and girls basketball, um, and then, uh, and then both our teams scrimmage. You know, it's you know, the format is similar to something you might see a college do. But uh, like I said, it's 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 something that's really enjoyable, and I think that people tend to uh, tend to like. It's kind of a tradition around here, and. Um, you know, something that we something that we've done since I've been here, and it, it happened well before I was here as well. And it's you know, it's just like I said, it's, it's just kind of a celebration that winter sports are here. But you know, it's also kind of a celebration, not to sound you know arrogant, but it's kind of a celebration that basketball season is here. As well. And and I'll be honest with you, Coach. Uh, I think it's like that. You know, everywhere. Um, everywhere I've been that has, you know, a blue and white night or uh, it's black and white at uh, Robertson County. Um, it's like it's more geared to introduce the basketball teams and the basketball season. And but, you know, but it's also a time for us to recognize that, you know, basketball season wouldn't be what it is without the band playing at the home games or the cheerleaders or, you know, ROTC performing the national anthem before the games. I think it takes a culmination of everybody to produce a high-quality high school atmosphere. And I honestly think that's something that Pendleton County has done really well. Um, like I said, and I'm not just saying this, but I, I've brought girls' teams over here and boys' teams, and I've had people from both teams talk about how – intimidating the student section can be when they're really routing into the game. And um, I'm looking forward to having that on my side. So um, we just want to kind of promote red and black madness, November 18th. It's something that you're probably going to hear us talk about for the next couple of weeks. Just a reminder to everybody in the community, everybody in the schools, um, everybody in Pendleton County, you know, Falmouth, Butler, Peach Grove, wherever we want to see everybody there. And um, so, um, like I said, something you're, Going to hear for us, hear from us, talk about uh, more times. But we just kind of want to kind of go ahead and give you a heads up that November eighteenth, um, Coach. I know um, the next day after that, you and I both have a scrimmage on the nineteenth. I think it'll be my first scrimmage or my last scrimmage. Will it be your first? It'll be our first. Yes. Yeah. We scrimmage uh, for those wondering. November 9th, the Lady Cats will scrimmage at home against Highlands. 
Then November 18th, we actually scrimmage at Frankfurt against – or at Franklin County against Berea. Coach, who are your two scrimmages against? On uh, November 19th, we're going down to Harrison County, and we will play uh, Williamstown. And that is a uh, JV varsity. The, I think varsity gets a game and JV gets a half. And then on November 21st, the uh, the Monday before Thanksgiving, we'll have Villa Madonna here, and that's kind of a uh, kind of a dress rehearsal. We have a triple header, and you know, you know, play at home and just try and we for us we treat it like it's a home game. You know, we do we we do everything like it would be, you know, our our first uh, regular season home game of the year. I like that, and I think I read somewhere where you were telling me or maybe I saw it on one of our practice schedules, you know, I love that you use the term rehearsal there because that's technically what a scrimmage is, is like a game rehearsal. But I think, you're, you know, the shirts and ties and, you know, everything's going to be like it would be if it was a home game. Yeah. Like the players, don't they wear shirt and ties to school? And Yeah, uh, typically, we, typically we have our players wear shirt and tie to, to school on days of the home games. And then when, on days when we're traveling, we'll wear travel gear. I mean, I love that. I love See, that. I, I, I'm glad you do. I mean, I think there's some people in this day and age that are a little bit more relaxed on that stuff. And now, I will tell you this. I used to wear a shirt and tie every game I coached. I still love the fact that you wear one. I still love the fact that you wear your boys or your boys wear one to school on those days. But, Coach, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if it was COVID or what it was, but I was one of those ones as coaches that got lax and started wearing, you know, polos. Um that's not to say that I won't break out a shirt and tie every once in a while this year. I always wore a shirt and tie at class A's or districts or region, but I used to wear one for every home game. So I can completely relate when you say lax because I'm one that's guilty of that. But I'm hoping that changes and I get back into it to where I just think the shirt and tie just, you know, looks so much nicer. And I'm hoping that's something I can get back into. I just always thought that if it's something you do, and the minute you don't, I think your kids don't take it as serious. And and, and I, I mean. I think there's a lot of truth to what you just said. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I coached with Coach Henley at Holmes. And, you know, it was one of the things he said is, you know, we're not going to be out here. And, you know, I think he might do it some now. But I, he said, you know, we're not going to be out here in polos and, and quarter zips and, you know, sweatshirts and stuff like that. He goes, well, you know, we're going to wear shirt, tie, and jacket, and that's just the way it goes. And, you know, he was the boss, and that's just – it's kind of what – and Brad was the same way. When I was right. And, and Do um, you remember, though, back – I'd say several years ago, 90% of coaches in the profession wore a tie every game. You know, male coaches. I can't – you know. Yeah. But the female coaches always dress nice, too. I'm really thinking that – you know, COVID really played a part in that, and that's just because they weren't allowed many people to come in, two tickets per player, whatever. And I'll be honest with you, the quarter zips were my best friend. I wore those a lot of time because I thought they still looked somewhat professional. I don't I mean, think I'm, they look I mean, completely I, like a slob. But I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to criticize anybody who, who who's, who's going to dress, you know, the way they want to dress and be comfortable. I, I'm fine with it. Um, you know, it's just uh, right. This I'm is, just this is this is more my style, and it's it's honestly it's what I'm comfortable in when I'm doing it. And 
And, you know, as uh, you know, I had one teacher ask me, well, why do you have your players do that? I, I don't, we just do. I, I think it, it, I think it's, it, it's appropriate on game day. And if, you know, it's just, you know, every now and I then think, you just got to, every now, every now and then you just got to say, I'm in charge and this is the way it's going to be. Right. But I think also, and it's the last thing we'll say because nobody wants to hear us talk about our dress codes. But, um, <laughs> uh, but I also believe too, when the kids come in dressed like that, it's kind of a, you know, business, you know, they get their mind right, you know, kind of, so to speak. They know it's I, game day. They focus. They, I just, I'm a believer in that. And, you know, it seems hypocritical that I don't wear a tie after the way I've supported it, but um, I'm I'm in all favor of you you wearing a tie and you and you making your boys team wear ties to school. But um, all right, the last thing we're going to do every week, and this is something you brought up that I think was ingenious, um, and you even gave it the title that I truly love. Um, we're going to call this shot clock. And if you're a follower of high school basketball, you know what kind of conversation. Um, has followed high school basketball about bringing in a shot clock. Um, what this segment's going to be is Coach uh, Ellsburn and myself are going to ask each other a question, and we got to answer it in 30 seconds. And the reason we're putting a shot clock time limit on it because I can ten, I can turn 30 seconds into six minutes real quick, and um, I'm not looking to ramble, so I'm going to um, use my cellular device here and uh, you know put 30 seconds on the clock and. Uh, Coach, you want to go first, or you want me to ask you first? I'm going. I'm going first. I'm going first. All right. So, well, as soon as you start the question, I'll start. Or as soon as you finish the question, I'll start the timer. All right. Um, I know your favorite team is the Boston Celtics. That's your favorite, you know, pro sports team. Um, and I, I would assume that your favorite basket college team is something associated with UK. Besides Correct. that, and and not our teams, obviously. What is your favorite sports team? All right, I'll start and the thirty seconds. Why? Okay, thirty seconds starts now. Um, I think my favorite sports team is other than the Celtics in Kentucky is probably the Cincinnati Reds. Um, and I think the reason I liked those growing up was because that was the only stadium close by that we could actually travel to to watch. Um, Eric Davis was my favorite player growing up. And I have fond memories of the 1990 World Series and um, beating the Oakland Athletics. And, you know, even though they've had some lean years lately, I still I still cheer them on. So, uh, go Reds. And that was right at 30 seconds. All right. I, I got one for you. And I want to I make sure these people that are listening know, Coach Ellsburn didn't tell me what his question was going to be. I didn't tell him what my question was going to be. Um, this is something where we kind of put on the spot and just kind of, you know, going to have some fun with it. So, um, Coach Ellsburn, I'd like to know if you could spend one day, a 24-hour period, with any coach, past or present, who would it be and what question would you ask them? Your 30 seconds starts now. Um. Jim I think Harbaugh. I stumped him. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Jim I knew Har you were a big Michigan fan. Jim, Jim Harbaugh, and the reason is simple. He is he has turned around my favorite sports team in the world, besides the one I coach. Um, they're going in the right direction. 
And I just love the way he goes about it. And I love the old school. If you can't stop the run, that's your problem. But we might be able to out-athlete you anyway. And I would just love to just pick his brain at how he just goes about his day. I want to know before – that was right at about – actually, that was like 28 seconds when you started. I want to know real quick. I'm going to give you – so we're going to assume that the ball was tipped out and you got 14 seconds left on the shot clock, you know, once you get that offensive rebound or 20 or whatever. What one question would you ask him? You're a football guy. Um, you've coached football. But I want to know what, what question you would ask him. Would it be about life? Would it be about sports, football? What's the one question if you had one – just one, you can't ask him three or four, just one. What's the one thing you want to know from Coach Harbaugh? Can I have a sideline pass to the Ohio State game? Hey, I like that. <laughs> I like that. It wasn't exactly what I thought, but that's no, an honest the, answer. The, the one, the ones, the ones, the one question I would ask him, um, I would say, what is the first thing you do every day that's consistent in practice? Now, not stretching. What's the one drill you do every day in practice that your players know we're doing this every day that establishes the mindset of your program? And I think that's great. And um, we all know, you and I both know how important it is to, you know, from day one to kind of throw your philosophy out there and establish that mindset, you know, kind of have, you know, and I've told you this because I've coached against you as well. I've told you this, the one thing that I admire about you as a coach is I feel like your teams kind of always take on your personality. I feel like they play hard-nosed defense. I feel like they're kind of in you. Um, you know, if you like smash mouth kind of, and, you know, I think anytime a coach can get their team to take on their personality, then I think they, you know, they're on the right track to building something special. I mean, I just, I just, I, and there's times where it's a struggle to, to get teams to do this, but the one thing I try and tell our kids all the time is, you know, talking, I, and I've mentioned that, you know, taking on personalities, whatever, but like, you're not going to be great at everything, but what are the, you know, you got to find those three, four things that you're truly believe in. And I, I'm, I'm just a believer in, you know, controlling the basketball and making other teams really, really have to work to score and rebounding the ball. And, you know, if you can do those three things, which all kind of correlate into one odds are the chances are, you know, you're going to be successful. I mean, one of the thing, one of the things I always thought when I was, when I coached against you was how how you challenged us was how you put your best players in space where giving help defense could hurt. You know, I, I always thought, you know, especially with Justin, I always thought what you did um, offensively, you put Justin and not just clearing out for him, but running a set to where the floor would be almost unbalanced for him to where he had room to operate. But if you went and helped, he would find the open guy and just, you know, well, I wish we could have figured that out once or twice. There was a couple of times I thought we were pretty close to doing so, but you know, and, and you know, but, uh, I, but you know, as well as I do coach that, you know, we as coaches both probably do that well you know, put your kids in the best position possible, but it's still the kids that have to go out there and make those plays. And when we get the kids that can go out there and make those plays, that's when something special happens. And, you know, you, and I know you believe this too, 
the kids win every game, we lose every game. And I think in order to be a successful coach, that's just kind of the mindset you have to have. Um, but um, – and I think you do a very good job at that. And, you know, the one thing about – and that's the one thing about our district coach. I mean, even on the boys' side and the girls' side, there's a lot of coaches who have been around a long time that, you know, I think it makes us better coaches. You've got oh, to prepare yeah, I mean, for a lot more stuff because you know when you're going into a game against a coach and they've been around a while, there's nothing you can throw at them that they probably haven't seen. You, you every now and then you got to be able to beat somebody else when when you can't force the pace or the style, and and understand that you know you're going to have to adjust. I mean, I. I one thing I always talk about with Coach Henson is the offensive sets that he runs. I'm not not just our district, but our region. Yeah, correct. Just being, just being around him, and you know, he runs a lot of sets. You know, and a lot of a lot of stuff that gets guys open looks. Um, I remember coaching against Brossert. You know, just the, just the way they played and how you know, I want I want to say methodical, but just deliberate at times. They were they knew what they wanted to get and they knew the, how they were going to get it. And it was your job to figure it out, right? Um, you know, i you know, in our district. I, I mean, I think I'm not coaching against Coach Mitchell, but what well, correction I have on the girls' side, but Coach Wrights and, and and Coach Brooks. I mean, there, there's no secrets to anything we're going to do, and you know, you know, it, it's a it's a chess match, and you you just hope that you know your king and queen is in the right piece at the right time. And- um, but no, I mean, I think in general, I mean, the more you're around this game, the real, the more you realize, you know, there's different ways to go about trying to get the same thing done, and that, that's one thing I, I just truly, I, and especially in this region, I, I just, I really truly believe that there's great coaches in this region, and and, and guys that you know, that oftentimes, you know. Do more than they maybe they maybe their team should, and um, you know, and and that that just that 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 one hundred percent comes down to just having your kids ready to play and having them bought in and having them, you know, in the right mindset to get things done and just have them in the right spots. Well, coach, um, that's probably about 40, 50 minutes worth here, and uh, we want to keep this kind of to a a specific time frame here because. Um, we know that people aren't going to sit and listen to our an- angelic voices for three or four hours, although I could talk sports with you for that long. But um, just want to kind of reiterate, you know, what we said in the beginning. You know, this is something we're going to work on each week. Um, it's not going to be perfect, you know, early on. This is our first time. We're still trying to figure out what we want. Um, I really love the uh, showcasing and spotlighting of um, – Pendleton County athletes and teams, you know, and we'll probably try to do that. Um, you have to know during the winter that they're probably going to be mainly, you know, basketball because a lot of the fall sports are over and the spring sports haven't started. This is something I hope we continue into the spring season where we can focus on baseball, softball, um, whatever sports there are. I'd like to, you know, reach out to bowling and archery and get some information from them. And that's probably something I'll do before next week. But, uh, um, Anything we can do to showcase Pendleton County is something that we plan on doing. And once again, this is Wildcat Weekly. Coach, anything before we go? I think you covered it all, Coach, just that we're looking forward to doing this. And then, you know, if we miss anything or, you know, uh, you know, anything, 
I'm sorry, if we miss anything or anyone who's accomplished something, you know, hey, we're human. Shoot us an email, let us know. And hey, we're not we're not afraid to admit we're wrong and we'll mention it the next time. And to be honest with you, coach, we have so many great athletes at Pendleton County. It's hard to get them all into one show. So um, reach out to us through email, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. And like like coach said, I promise you that we will we will get them on the next episode. So um, next week, um, we're probably going to try to have a guest on and look forward to a guest. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. You can catch uh, the Stay Hot podcast. It's on um, App, Apple, uh, Spotify. Um, also anchor, um, I'll post the link into Facebook as well as Twitter and, um, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next week. See you guys.